as I've mentioned many times before, Drive Hall of Famers, uh, Ellie Jacobs, Frank Spring, and Maggie Moore. Oh, there they are. Look, I got them on my screen. Hi, kids. Good to see you kids on the computer. And always good to talk to you. It's Taking Ship. And I've been talking about it uh, for years now. Uh, Taking Ship is a voyage through the morass of dumbest timeline America. It's the kind of podcast that believes you can take politics and culture seriously while laughing at both. Hosted by Ellie Jacobs, Maggie Moore, and Frank Spring. And congratulations to Frank and his wife, who just had a baby yesterday, right? Yeah, they sure did. Yeah. Cool. Uh, And you call yourself three political hacks who've run out of Fs to give. Each episode, (laughs) they'll take a look at the political landscape and condone and condemn those who deserve it. And often uh, they're joined by a guest who's smarter and cooler than they are. And that would be me at this point, right? Yeah, yeah that, okay. that, that, that my is the process case of elimination. Week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's great to see you guys and hear you guys. Uh, the drive taking ship again. Uh, let's start with Joe Biden. I, I I don't know what to think anymore. I'm a big Joe Biden fan, but I think he's mucking up the process. And I don't know. I don't know. I I, I get worried here. Is it inevitable that he's going to be the Democratic nominee? I don't know that it's inevitable. Uh, It's worth noting that when we did our our live show back in December, we did a NCAA tournament style. uh, And aside from the way that, uh, you know, we ranked we ranked the candidates across some, you know, made up metrics so that we could do like apples to apples comparisons. Outside of that, there was nothing that we did to create the result that we got. But the result was Joe Biden. And to quote Maggie Moore at the time, she said, I'm incredibly disappointed in all of us. (laughs) (laughs) I was. I mean, he it feels like the most obvious choice, especially for many of us who really, really enjoyed the Obama administration, especially compared to what we have now. Um, So it feels at least to me, it feels a little uninspired uh, of a choice. But, you know, he's doing really well because everybody knows who he is. You know, he's a former vice president. There's a lot of juice in that name. Yeah. And the whole Obama thing, like uh, many of us going, oh, yeah, the Obama years. Oh, we love the Obama years. Let's go back. But what about the age thing? I mean, he's older than Trump. Yeah, he's he's an old dude. Uh, (laughs) You know, I'm not worried about him being an old guy in terms of, uh, you know, mental health or or physical agility. I think Joe Biden's kind of, you know, doing just fine with both of those, especially compared to, you know, the pile of porridge that good brain (laughs) best words is sitting in the White House right now. Uh, I think that the, you know, the age thing, what it brings up is, is kind of twofold. The first is that he just has a much longer record for people to attack. And I think we're seeing a lot of that right now. Yes, we um, are. Something that I find really interesting is that uh, the, le- the left as a whole was incredibly welcoming for Joe Biden's evolution on gay marriage. If everybody remembers, mm-hmm. he came out about, he came out in favor of it. Slightly yeah. before Barack Obama did. Yeah. Uh, but he's apparently not allowed to evolve on anything else, which I think is a little strange. Um, but the, the, the issue, other than having that much time in public life, the other side is, is the possible really just disconnect from the rest of, from a certain segment of the population, particularly the um, very activist uh, youth base that the, that the Democratic Party represents. The reality is, is that's kind of counteracted by the fact that old people are the people who vote and they love Joe Biden and African-Americans uh, get out to vote and apparently uh, from current polling, it shows that they really like Joe Biden. Yeah. So 
it, everything kind of balances. But uh, what Maggie said is 100% right. Right now, name recognition has a lot to do with it. But I think that there's also just um, he's Uncle Joe and he's going to make you feel better. And compared to the way everybody feels right now, that's really kind of that that that's that's enticing. We uh, are going to have uh, Pete Buttigieg on uh, not in the near future. We're still working on it, but uh, that'll be interesting. Did you see him uh, slow jam the news uh, with Jimmy Fallon on the Tonight Show last night? I actually, I, I've only seen gifts of it. I haven't actually heard him slow down the news quite yet. Um, but it was one of my favorite segments with Obama. So I honestly, I I'm looking forward to, to dialing into it yeah, and, and too. watching the me full too. video. I haven't seen it yet either, but I'm going to after the show. It, uh, it was well done. Like he was a little, <laughs> he was, he was a little stiff, not quite as like cool and composed as Obama, but he also right. loosened up over the, over the couple minutes of it. Cool. Uh, all right. Uh, are we ever going to hear from uh, Mueller or McGann or both? Uh, where does that stand in your opinion? I, I think it's really hard for them to not end up testifying at some point. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of talk today uh, that the Trump's personal attorneys were in court today against congressional Democrats attorneys yeah. over the tax return issue. And the judge apparently kind of just laughed the Trump, Trump attorneys out of the courtroom. You know, they kind of, they, he basically got the Trump attorneys to say that whitewater and Watergate were overreaches of congressional investigation. So I think that legally there's very little that the president, from my understanding, and I'm no lawyer, but from my understanding, there's very limited amounts that the president can actually hold up in court uh, when congressional, when Congress, which has oversight, you know, constitutionally, uh, asks for stuff. So, you know, if he wants to evoke a, a um, executive privilege to prevent certain people from testifying, it might delay it. But I think it's probably inevitable. Well, I don't know. Now they're uh, Trump ordered Barr to investigate the investigators, and then the investigation will be investigated again, and then we're all being investigated. I don't know. What's going on, Maggie? I mean, honestly, that kind of sounds like a Marx Brothers movie. Yeah, it does. A little bit, like the investigation of the investigation. Yeah. Uh, kind of like double secret probation, which is from <laughs> Animal House. Right. Um, <laughs> so it's, a, it's. I mean, honestly, it's just such a show at this point. It feels like such a, um, a lot of posturing, which I wonder, honestly, how much um, folks who aren't super dialed into a media cycle really care about it. Like, does it really matter at the end of the day? And is this something that would actually um, affect Trump in a 2020 election? Like, I don't actually know uh, if people are care, care too much about it. So I don't know. Maybe I'm feeling a little nihilistic when I say, does it really matter? Does any of it really matter? Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say at this point. Uh, Trump is uh, dealing with this trade war with China. He seems very boldened by it, uh, you know, like he's puffing out his chest and saying everything's going to be fine, but screw them, I'm going to get them, and uh, I don't know, I'm obviously paraphrasing. Uh, but, you know, he's uh, threatening a continued trade war, and in some ways uh, threatening an actual war, I guess when it comes to the Middle East and Iran, right? Uh, I mean, uh, Bolton, who's such a hawk, uh, apparently wanted 120,000 troops to go into the Middle East, and uh, Trump's now saying that's not the case. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the 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 broom on a head that is John Bolton um, is is desperate to start a war with Iran. I mean, it's kind of it's it's just it's his whole like reason for being, and uh, you know, the uh, conservative neocon media base and commentariat is like already ginned up over the fact that. Um, Iran has attacked Saudi Aramco with drones over the last week, and they attacked some ships that were in the, some oil boats, uh, ships that were in the that were in the um, Persian Gulf. Uh, it's not, you know, to quote Maggie Moore quoting Mad Men. It's not great, Bob. Um, <laughs> it, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I was talking to some some really really smart um, foreign policy people today, and they all had the same kind of reaction, saying uh, this is the tensest I've ever seen anything in the Middle East, and that includes the lead up to the war in Iraq. Um, but the reality is, is 120,000 troops aren't going to get a war with Iran done. So it's going to be much bigger and uglier than that, and we can only hope that. Something leads both sides to back down, but it's, you know, the same, you know, if you look at the Trump's posturing with both sides with China, he's like one of those, you know, not very bright peacocks who thinks he's all that with a big tail, yeah. but he's facing off a bunch against a, a bunch of like bloodthirsty tigers. <laughs> and in the Middle East, he's like the same dumb peacock, but he's up against, you know, like Alexander the Great's Persian army. So, you know, he, he's just out of base in both. And it's clear he doesn't understand what's going on, nor does he care to understand what's going on because it, it wasn't on TV last night. So, you know, if we're lucky, maybe somebody on The Bachelor or Bachelorette will like slip in something about diplomacy. Well, I think, Ellie, actually, you make a really good point that it doesn't like it doesn't matter that Trump doesn't actually know what's going on because picking these kinds of fights that actually he has no comprehension of plays really well to his base. You know, it makes him look very strong. It makes him look very principled that that is his foreign policy. Right. So, um, this will play super, super well into the people, into the hands of people who already like and support him. But no, it has nothing to do with actual foreign policy or diplomacy or trade or anything like that. It's mostly just look at how big and strong of a man I am, which gross. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the podcast is taking ship your guide through dumbest timeline America. That's the hashtag dumbest timeline America. It is such a great podcast available where all great podcasts are offered taking ship. Uh, did Frank have a boy or a girl? He had a male offspring. There you go. When's he coming back to the podcast? <laughs> Uh, now we'll give him enough time off as we can to enjoy enjoy the new baby life. Yeah, we feel like you know if we're preaching about people getting paternity leave and maternity leave, we get got to give Frank at least that. So <laughs> we are you know. benevolent overlords. Yeah, so you know, yeah. like a good 30, 36, 48 hours. Sure. Yeah. It's so cool to see you guys, and I can say that on the radio because uh, they're on Skype, and I'm watching on my computer screen, and there they are. Hi, kids. Good to see you. <laughs> what else uh, do we need to talk about? we got some time here. Uh, you, you know, I, I think that going back to the, to, the, to the trade war and the tariffs, I think that this is actually, you know, people kind of like hear and listen to it, like Maggie was just saying, it's kind of Trump puffing out his chest and, and his weird colored hair, but this is going to start impacting people in their pockets. And, and it's really clear that Trump doesn't understand really what, ta- like he doesn't know what tariffs are, um, which is sort of like a scary thing. But you know, Axios was reporting today that they'd spoken to some white house staffers who said that Trump believes like it's theology that China pays the tariff, not us consumers, which is like 
150,000 times percent wrong. Yeah. You know, countries don't pay tariffs. It's, you know, it's buyers and sellers do, do, and purchasers pay the tariffs when they buy products and sellers lose market share. So, you know, if he's slapping tariffs on, American consumers are going to pay more, pay more money. If China's slapping tariffs on, American consumers are going to pay more. And then the worst part is, is that American producers aren't going to be able to sell to Chinese if things are more expensive. So, Everybody really loses, and then we play like everybody's favorite parlor game of Republican hypocrisy, where they back this down the road and then just give farmers subsidies, which is you know the one thing that they like is so uh, unbelievably uh, anatomically incorrect for them that they're just going to double down on all these crazy abortion bills going on across the country. Yeah, well, even Trump's uh, economy guy, what's his name, uh, on Sunday said, uh, "Oh yeah, everyone's going to hurt." through this yeah you know larry kudlow that, yeah that, kudlow, uh, you kudlow. Know, bastion of, of truth and and senseless <laughs> and sensibleness because people like john bolton and, and larry kudlow are apparently the sensible intelligent people in the white house which is scary really really terrifying yeah, yeah. i mean it, it's dumbest time it's dumbest timeline america i'm looking at cnn <laughs> right now in our fabulous uh, beautiful studio and it says a source close to the White House said trade war could spiral out of control. Wow. Thoughts? These are dark times that we're living in. Well, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, that's why you got to go dumbest timeline America and uh, the podcast taking ship. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, crazier every day. Now, uh, Don Jr., Jr. Donnie, uh, has apparently made a deal with the Senate— uh, to, to come back and, and talk to them. Uh, any thoughts on that? What did you do? Maggie, you want to take this one? Oh, I thought you just gave me the finger there. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I wouldn't care. No, sorry. No, I, I was experiencing some Internet connectivity issues. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, yes. Sorry about that. Um, but honestly, I would live to hear Donald Trump Jr. testify about anything uh, if for no other reason than to hear his, you know, super low uh, voice, that like reaching quality that he has. Uh, I find him to just be an absolute character. So please, God, please put him in front of a microphone. That would just make the case so easy. Uh, he may uh, take the fifth, plead the fifth on some of the questions that he's asked, right? I assume he's probably going to plead the fifth on a lot of stuff. I mean, he'll have to get 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 that explained to him and probably ta you know write it on his hand to remember that it's five and not four and like you know don't count his fingers because who knows how many fingers he actually has. If there are any reaction of his father's, there's probably only like two and a half worth of finger there. Um, but if the reporting's correct, that the the reason. Um, Republican Senator Burr pushed through with the subpoenas because Trump was kind of like blowing them off uh, in terms of actually coming to um, um, to testify. And then the Republican Senate like went ballistic that Richard Burr had done this, you know, kind of, you know, he offended the Dauphin. Um, now the reality is, is that they all kind of backed down and said, oh, wait, maybe Donnie Jr. did something bad. And we all got to listen to our colleague, who's the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, uh, talk to this guy. Uh, so, it, it, you know, it's the Republicans are, are so bent over 
in every possible direction uh, to supplant themselves to Trump that yeah. they get caught up defending him without, you know, actually taking the time to understand what's going on. And then they just look really dumb. But in all honesty, most of these Republicans are taking the big steps out like they're working up against a really hard timeline of not looking dumb. It It is called Taking Ship, a guided cruise through dumbest timeline America. It's available, as I always say, where all great podcasts are offered. And it's Ellie Jacobs and Maggie Moore. Frank Spring is the, the third co-host. Uh, he and his wife had a baby yesterday, so he was not joining us today. But always cool talking to you guys. Is this going to be part of your podcast, or is this just let's talk to Jackson kind of thing and... I mean, it's always let's talk to Jackson, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take a listen to what Mike produced for us and then we'll decide. Oh, OK. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. Well, uh, love you guys. And it's always a pleasure. Ellie Jacobs and Maggie Moore. Check out the podcast Taking Ship. We shall talk soon, my friends. Thank you so much. Thank you.